Hey again, fifth grade. I was glad to see some of your faces on the um, uh, parade on Saturday. I hope you guys are doing well and enjoying the beautiful weather. Um, so we're going to get back to uh, Tumble and Blue, Chapter 12, A Heroic Plan of Action. Ever since she'd gotten serious about heroism, trouble had a strange effect on Tumble. On the one hand, she didn't want anyone to be in dire straits, but on the other, Dire straits meant that she could do something to help, and that sent a giddy, guilty jolt of energy through her. The Montgomerys were the best of both worlds. They weren't actually in danger, but most of them thought they were. Blue had explained a few things, fate and weird moons and magic alligators. Tumble had never heard anything like it outside of fairy tales. All the Montgomerys needed was someone to show them they were being superstitious and silly. Tumble could help them without doing anything risky. Even her parents couldn't object. Not that she gave them the opportunity to try. She led them to believe that the neighbors were absolutely ordinary and that her new friend was the ordinariest of them all. Blue's really nice, she told her mother the next morning over breakfast. He's got a broken arm, though, so I'm going to take some board games with me to cheer him up. Her mother hesitated, coffee mug hovering in front of her lips. Is Blue a Maximal Star fan, too? No, said Tumble, but give me time. They found Eve Montgomery's number in an old phone book in the living room, and her mother called to be sure that Tumble was invited. Tumble leaned over the back of the sofa, crossing her fingers and hoping that none of the weirder Montgomery's picked up. What a pleasant lady, Tumble's mother said, plunking the phone back into its cradle. Blue's grandmother says you should feel free to come over any time. Mrs. Eve is going to send you home with some zucchini from her garden. So Blue did have some normal relatives. Tumble would have to incorporate them into her heroic action plan. She might need allies to convince the more stubborn members of the family to see reason. But first, Blue. She was so excited she would have skipped the whole way over if her arms weren't loaded with board games. After questioning a few people, she found Eve Montgomery in the kitchen. She was thick around the middle, with curly gray hair, and when Tumble met her, she was staring into a refrigerator that was bare of everything but a jar of pickle juice. I'm here to see Blue, said Tumble. My mom called. You two are friends? Eve asked, shutting the fridge. Yes, said Tumble. I brought games. She showed the boxes in her arms. Parcheesi almost slipped off the top, and Eve reached over to shove it back in place. Well, I'm not sure he'll take to that idea, she said, but I'm glad he's got a friend. He's been a little down, wasn't expecting to send, spend his summer here, and his daddy, well, if the games don't work out, you can always come and help me in the garden. She gave Tumble directions to the attic and promised to send up lunch if she could find any food. Tumble wended her way through the house to a narrow door at the top of the third floor landing. It opened onto a steep, musty-smelling staircase. Tumble paused to review her plan. She figured as long as she spoke reasonably and didn't laugh at Blue for, her, for his superstitions, she'd be marking off another X that afternoon. All right, I've got this. Hello, she called. It's Tumble Wilson. I've had an idea about your problem. She adjusted her grips on the games and teetered up the stairs. When Blue finally said, come in, she had almost reached the top. 
The last step into the attic was the steepest, and Tumble stumbled her way up it. The floorboards were bare wood, and the rafters sloped so that she couldn't stand straight up at the edges of the room. It was a large but gloomy space. The only spots of brightness were a pull-chain bulb overhead and a poster covered in paint splotches that had been taped to a tower of plastic storage containers. A half-circle window set in the wall opposite Tumble, who would have let in light, but it was mostly covered by boxes. She thought the view might be good from so high up if someone moved all of the junk out of the way. Blue was sitting on top of an air mattress in the middle of the floor, staring at his cell phone. A lumpy duffel bag was behind it, a zipper gaping open to reveal piles of rumpled clothes. Is it the silver service? Tumble asked. We don't get it at our house either. We barely get internet. It had taken an hour to log on to Maximal Star's website and update her fan club profile with the new house's address. Yeah, said Blue. It's like that here. I was just checking. He dropped the phone back into his duffel and waved an arm around the attic. Welcome to my room. It's interesting, Blue sighed. The house is really crowded. I'll bring you a blanket or something next time I come, Tumble promised, eyeing the air mattress. I've been thinking about your issue. My issue? Right, she said, setting the games down on the floor. You're losing issue. It's not an issue, he said bluntly. It's a curse. Can I sit down? He shrugged, and she stepped over to his mattress. She plopped down beside him. Curses, she said, hoping Blue wouldn't notice she'd rehearsed. Sometimes everyone feels like they're cursed. I've felt that way myself lately. She bounced a couple of times on the mattress. I mean, I got expelled from my last school, school for saving a kid's life. How unfair is that? And a few months ago, I was in this convenience store, and I saw this man slipping a bottle of organic lemonade into his jacket. It's not the same. Tumble decided to ignore the interruption. The thing about your particular problem, she said, is that it's very easy to test. What? I'm going to prove that you're not a loser. You can win anything if you want. How are you going to prove something like that? Tumble stood. I'm glad you asked. She sprang over to the board games and started holding them up one by one. These are some of my favorites, she said. I've got Scrabble, Monopoly, Tiddlywinks. Okay, said Blue. Seriously, said Tumble. If we play enough games, I swear you will eventually win one. Nobody loses every time. Nobody. She was going to make Blue believe her. It wasn't just that she didn't think alligators hid in the swamp waiting to jinx people. It was that the idea of a world where a person could literally be cursed, no matter what he did or how hard he tried, offended every last bit of her. Not everything was fair. Tumble knew that, be that better than most people. But the world had to be fairer than that. Listen, said Blue, this is really nice of you, but you don't... Oh, come on, Tumble pleaded. We've got all day. And if you don't win a game, then I'll know you're right. And I'll help you uncurse yourself. This time you've got nothing to lose. Uncurse myself, Blue asked. Well, if curses were real, which they're not, but if curses were real, they could obviously be broken. It's all in all the books and movies, right? If you don't win something today, I'll just figure out how to uncurse you. That's a much better idea than trying to make Mom Myrtle pick you over all the others before this moon deadline thing comes up. 
Temple was proud of this argument. It was her backup backup plan. If Blue believed in cursedness, he had to believe in uncursedness too. So if all else failed, Tumble would still have a way to move forward. I don't... I'm not trying to... Blue frowned. I'm not like the rest of them, okay? I'm actually trying to help Howard, Jenna, and Ida save Gravy, Granny Eve from her fate. What's her fate? Blue went quiet. Tumble wondered if that was considered a rude question in his family. Her husband's die, he said finally. Tumble felt her eyebrows trying to climb her forehead. She forced them to stay in place. I'm only telling you so that you won't mention it to her. Let's just play some games, and when I lose... When you win, Tumble said firmly, you'll agree to read How to Hero Every Day. I put a copy in with the Monopoly board. Deal? Blue shrugged. Tumble pulled Scrabble out of the stack and settled cross-legged onto the floor in front of him. She set up the board and then held the bag full of titles, tiles out to Blue. He looked at it like it might hold live tarantulas. Tumble gave the bag a little shake. Come on, she said. If you don't like Scrabble, we can try something else next. We can even race if you want. You like to run, right? And I think I saw a dartboard in one of Mr. Patty's closets. No, said Blue, his hand diving into the bag of tiles. Scrabble's great. The best. Just no darts. Why not? He stared down at the letters in his hand. You'll see. So that's the end of chapter 12. I'm curious to see, you know, how, um, if he does lose every time and if she does start to see what he's saying. Um, anyway, uh, we'll read to you again soon. Bye-bye.